Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Block looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We got a whole lot covered in our number one of the VGK Insider Show dealing with coaches, uh, potential uh, landing spots for Barry Trotz, who uh, appears to be the number one pursued person out there that he's talked to uh, pretty much everybody on the market. Uh, also uh, dissected uh, that uh, little showdown with uh, Sam on SamAndAshLaw.com uh, and the Legal Minute regarding the Fantasy Football League. And uh, also going to uh, look forward to uh, topping our number one with the predictions for the conference finals. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman here. We've got the Western Conference Final, Colorado and Edmonton. And that one will be fast-paced. Uh, boy, uh, settle in. And uh, you might want to wear a seatbelt for for this one because it's going to be all over the place, uh, back and forth. And then uh, the history that's at stake between Tampa Bay and the New York Rangers. And that uh, one is uh, – we're looking forward to that one uh, tomorrow night, uh, at game number one of, uh, of the Eastern Conference Final. Do you guys have a strong thought as far as – who will be the Stanley Cup finalist coming out of this, or are there questions to be asked on both sides? Questions to be asked on both sides. Um, for me, it, it's really – I've been agonizing over this one, or, or both of them, to be honest with you, because you know I, I think that there are pros and cons and, and ways to view both conference final uh, finals matchups where you can see either team winning. So uh, for me – there are massive questions still surrounding the Edmonton Oilers, still surrounding the Colorado Avalanche. There are less questions surrounding Tampa. Really, the only one is, will they be rusty? Um, and, you know, Braden Point's health, that's a, a big one. Uh, but beyond that, the, the question surrounding the Rangers is, can they continue to win games or win series when they are outplayed by their opposition? So a lot of questions to go around for both conference finals. Um, I don't feel like there's a clear consensus of what the Stanley Cup final will be, but I think that there's a pretty clear idea of what fans want to see, and that's Colorado and Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. I have more of an uh, issue trying to decide the Western Conference final than I do the East. Like, I've got I've got <laughs> Tampa Bay in uh, over the New York Rangers. So for one, uh, the Rangers just went seven games in back-to-back series. Can they keep that up and the quick turnaround? And Tampa Bay finished in the minimum in the second round. They've got time to rest. They get healthy. They're the more experienced team, and they've got the best goaltender in the world. Countering that <clears throat> is the Vesna Trophy winner in a couple of weeks in Igor Shosturkin. Mm-hmm. So uh, things yep. should be uh, more level on the goaltending front in the Rangers and Tampa than any other series mm-hmm. Tampa will play. That, that's a reality. But the rest of it heavily favors the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. And what John Cooper said, like, uh, we're, we're going for history here, trying to win three straight. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, oh, we've won two in a row, and this is just going to be a bonus. They're now close enough where they're thinking history. And the experience on that Tampa 
side from uh, Stamkos all the way down. I just see them rising to the top. This is their most favorite series through my eyes of the three that they've played between the first round, the second round, and and now uh, Toronto, I thought would give them a good go. They did. It was a seven game series. Florida, I thought was going to be a fantastic challenge. Didn't, didn't result. Uh, I, I had Tampa going 50, 50 in both the first two series. I've got them 100% going through in this series. So, I know that I was, you know, on this very program maybe a week ago after the the Tampa Bay Lightning eliminated the Florida Panthers, and I said that I was not going to pick against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's, it'd be really wise for me in this moment to not pick against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But there is one thing that is staring me in the face, and that is three and O this year. Igor Shosturkin against the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. allowing just four goals in those three games, one shutout. He was phenomenal against Tampa. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I believe he's going to do it in the playoffs, that he's going to do it in the Eastern Conference Final, but I think it's going to be a goaltending duel, and the way that Shesterkin has played, I give the New York Rangers a puncher's chance. That all being said, the New York Rangers were not the better team against Pittsburgh, and they won. I would even argue that they were not the better team against Carolina, and they won. It just feels to me like in this moment where everyone is starting to come around to, yeah, how awesome would it be for Tampa to three-peat? That's when these types of dreams die, yep. and they die at the hands of a team that probably shouldn't be there in the first place. I know it doesn't make any sense, but it is chaos. Yeah, I'm going when you get comfortable, Rangers. right? You, you finally get comfortable mm-hmm. with yeah. it. You buy in, and all of a sudden it, it uh, falls away. The, the Rangers have this destiny. Uh, or a feels like them, it. though, like, don't they? Being yeah. able to uh, survive uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins and avoid catastrophe against Louis Domingue and find a way to win that series <laughs> after being down big time, three games to one. Like they yeah. faced elimination, uh, what three times against the Pittsburgh Penguins and a couple of times uh, mm-hmm. against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. That's incredible. To be uh, to have that kind of uh, run with your season on the line, and they've been in a hole. So uh, if they don't get off to a great start against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they they've proven they can come back. The problem is if you get into a hole against the Tampa Bay Lightning, they don't lose two in a row, and haven't since this right. whole uh, streak of ten straight series started. Uh, which would be mm-hmm. the, the the biggest challenge. Uh, I'm not going to say it's impossible that the Rangers give Tampa Bay a a run, but I have come around to saying it's Tampa's time uh, to to make this thing thing happen. And getting to a third straight final would be so cool and maybe the last time that we see it in, in a really long time. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it'd be really awesome either way uh, to, to see the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup final for three years in a row. I'm just going to go in the direction that my my ridiculous takes are taking me, and that is the New York Rangers. I, I really, if you're listening to this, I, I wouldn't go out and, and you know bet anything on that because you know how my picks can kind of go and ebb and flow with the wind. Uh, but for whatever reason, I'm just I'm just feeling the New York Rangers right now. Hmm. Uh, Braden Point, I think he's going to play. 
I know that they're being cautious with, with what they're reporting, but I think he's going to play. Uh, he, if he doesn't play game one, he'll, he'll certainly appear early on in this series. Uh, game number one, um, it's the uh, Darren Elliott, uh, my good friend, uh, the Olympian, uh, on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights television broadcast, has a, and, and he's on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Dan Dua, has a great theory in when you're playing back-to-back games, he calls it the fourth period effect, that the team on, on the back-to-back setup should be ready to go right out of the gate. And if there's going to be any issue, it's going to be later in the game uh, if you play on consecutive nights. And I think it's got merit. I, I, I love the idea, and, and we have a lot of fun with it. I, I wonder if, if the Rangers playing tomorrow night with that quick turnaround, if it's the eighth game effect, is tomorrow night going to be the great opportunity for the New York Rangers to stand up? That's what I feel. I think going into this series, the best opportunity the Rangers give themselves to win is to win game one. And I think that it's kind of set up that way. The Lightning have been off for a while. And don't get me wrong, for a team that has played as much hockey as they have played over the last three seasons, you are going to take as much rest as possible. However, I do think going into game one, having a team that's naturally in the rhythm and in the intensity that they need to play at for playoff hockey, I think that it favors the New York Rangers to at least get that first win. And if you win game one, here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to beat them two games in a row. You don't have to beat them twice in a row to win the series. You just got to get that first one and then, you know, hold on for dear life. Hey, at the start of the year, if I would have told you that the Rangers would face Tampa in the third round. Where, what kind of argument would you have put forward to, no, it's going to be Carolina, it's going to be Pittsburgh or Washington, Islanders uh, at the start of the year, <clears throat> or Florida or uh, uh, Toronto or Boston at the start of the year? How unexpected is, is Rangers against Tampa? And the Rangers have home ice in, in this one. Because they are a two-seed in in their division. Yeah, really unexpected. Um, I I mean, even at the beginning of of the playoffs, right? Like, the only team that I had beating Tampa was Toronto. Like, frankly, I I thought the winner of Tampa-Toronto was going to win the Stanley Cup. But yet here I am with, you know, two more series of data. And I just, there's something about the Rangers. They just will not go away. They just won't. And, And that is how dynasties die in and of itself. That is how teams that should win end up losing to that probably aren't the, aren't the teams that are supposed to be there, aren't the teams that are supposed to push them, aren't the teams that are supposed to win those games. So um, it's incredibly surprising. It's a testament to coaching. It's a testament to the, the Rangers' big game players getting to where they needed to be coming through with contributions early on uh, in that Pittsburgh Penguin series and then when they needed him most. And it's Igor Shesterkin who was pulled in games three and four against the Penguins and has been lights out since getting back into the net from that point forward. It's pretty wild to me that we're talking about the Rangers or that I'm talking about the Rangers in this way, uh, but I I would not have had this team pegged as the team that would end the run of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but yet here we are. Uh, I'm excited about uh, the Eastern Conference Final because I've got more of uh, a grasp on that series 
and I feel like uh, I've got my head around the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, are the more <clears> confident team, the team that's expected to win, but you've got Cinderella uh, being able to come back from all kinds of adversity in the New York Rangers. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the West. Uh, it's just underway between the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> and the Colorado Avalanche in game number one, and we do have McDavid against McKinnon, and then the supporting cast. Dreisaitl is right there, too. I, I, I know that I talk about McKinnon a lot, but uh, Dreisaitl has been uh, so awesome. You've got all these uh, either Hart Trophy winners or Hart Trophy finalists uh, involved in here, and uh, then you've got the, the guys that can get under your skin and still score and uh, still produce, and Kadri and Kane. Uh, goaltenders, uh, did you have Mike Smith, Darcy Kemper, uh, uh, a, a year ago, going, okay, well, Kemper uh, wasn't even with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they had a Vezina Trophy finalist, and Mike Smith was uh, was thought, thought to be too old. Like, There's so much happening in and around this series uh, that's, that's expected but unexpected, and I can't figure out what's going to happen. I, I don't even know who I'm cheering for in this series. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I look at the Western Conference final, and the only thing that I'm cheering for, Darren, is like a hundred goals. Like honestly, I just I want Connor McDavid to break the the playoff scoring record. So I'm just cheering for six five games every single night because that would be really fun. As far as trying to figure out who's going to win this series, um, I I I know I have to make a prediction, and I still don't want to because I just don't know what I believe about this one. I will say, the ultimate chaos for me since I've already put the New York Rangers into the Stanley Cup final, the ultimate chaos theory would be Ryan Reeves, Evander Kane, Stanley Cup final. Like, the rivalry between those two players could not be heightened any more than it would be in that setting at that stage. So you know what that means. You know where I'm at. I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers to beat the Colorado Avalanche and set up the ultimate chaos theory in the Stanley Cup final, that's Evander Kane versus Ryan Reeves. Uh, that would be fascinating. I just don't think it's going to happen. Do the coaches have a decision in this Western Conference final? Do they play the big lines, McKinnon's line, and McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane? Do they play them head-to-head? It started that way. We're only two minutes into the game, but... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Is that just because they wanted the, for the theater and, and having everybody on the ice at, at the start? Do you play those lines toe-to-toe? Because that would be fabulous if they decided to go down that path. And then you've got Nugent Hopkins to, to offset the uh, uh, Nazem Kadri line. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting because I I would love to see it. But I, I think that as you get deeper and deeper into the series, like if you start losing one of those matchups, you're going to have to look for ways to to slow them down. Like, but it puts it on McDavid both lines. Like you got to you got to go out and outperform I, your guy. I, I I hear you, but if if McKinnon and and Landeskog get torched by McDavid over the first two games, like you have to make it. You have to make a change. Like you can't just double down on on that changing. And the way right now that Connor McDavid is playing, he's going to get the better of anybody that he's out there on the ice. So if you're minimizing what Nathan McKinnon can bring to the table because you're trying to play them head-to-head, it's it's futile. So I I would love to see it. It would be great if they go power on power, top line versus top line. But I think all it's going to take is one game for one of those top lines to get torched before you start to change the 
the idea ideology of how you're trying to play the series. You know what I'm hoping for uh, to happen the least is depth being a factor in the series. I don't want anything to do with depth. Nothing. Zero. I want the stars to perform. <laughs> Normally, I like uh, I love the story of the the, the support uh, throughout the lineup. Not in this case. I yeah. want these two lines to go back and forth. Although you do have this supplementary story of Kadri and Kane. Who do you think has the bigger impact in this series between those two guys that can disrupt, certainly have a presence in a series, uh, positively, negatively, uh, crossing the line, and and can put up some serious points? So I, I think that Nazem Kadri has the better opportunity since he would be playing or will be playing in a depth role more so than uh, Evander Kane. Like Evander Kane's on the top line. He's expected yeah. to produce. He's going to be seeing some of the toughest minutes. Um, so I would lean toward Kadri. But the fact of the matter is Evander Kane's got 12 goals in, in you know, uh, games or 12 games, whatever it is, this this postseason. So I, I have a hard time going against Evander Kane in this situation. He's just been that prolific. So what tips it for you? Uh, Connor McDavid. Um Connor McDavid does like I one he's been on unreal and I think that as I've mentioned like I don't even know that Connor McDavid goes a hundred percent like his 85 his 90 percent is is what some players can only dream to get to that level I think there's even another level another notch Connor can go up and I think that he's saving it for this stage so to me, the way McDavid's playing, I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon, and I think he can will his team to victory and get himself into the Stanley Cup final. Boy, what we heard from the Colorado Avalanche last year following the elimination against the Knights, uh, when you talk about will, uh, I have a hard time going against the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche on the quotes, um, the teams that are no longer in the playoffs, there's four of them after the, the second round. Uh, I'm going to go through a list and tell me if it's status quo, regroup, come back next year, you don't feel bad, or you're disappointed, or you're worried that maybe the window's closed. So there's three kind of options in there. Let's start with St. Louis. Um. Status quo, kind of run it back. Like I think that there's maybe a couple of things that you can do, maybe a, a couple of areas that you can you can add. But you know the St. Louis Blues are a well-coached team. I think that you've got to make some decisions with you know Vlad Tarasenko and, and David Perron. But for the most part, this is a really good hockey team, and they are you know in my opinion the the second best team in the Central Division beyond the Colorado Avalanche. So run it back. Vili Husso is an unrestricted free agent. We'll see what they do with their goaltending. And uh, David Perron is also a UFA, but he sounds very comfortable uh, about re-signing with the St. Louis Blues. It was not the greatest negotiating strategy. Uh, I am talking about how much he loves St. Louis. It's one of those ones where the agent's saying, please, please you can tell me that, but don't, don't go public with that, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, the Florida Panthers. Run it back uh, with a different coach. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's the uh, Barry Trotz factor in, in that with Andrew Burnett or uh, somebody of the like. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. 
Uh, they're they're a they're a fr- they're a frustrating team. I, I think they need someone that can put the puck in the back of the net with a little bit more proficiency. Like I think that that team was on their inability to score in big moments. So um, I I don't think that there's any type of like massive overhaul with Carolina, but I, I do think that they need some more scoring for sure. Uh, they're a, a team that you think, oh, can they really get it done? Yeah, I think they can really get it done. Ah, oh, they can't get it done. Uh, that, that's the frustrating <laughs> part. Uh, the Calgary Flames had a, a breakout season from not making the playoffs to really taking control and uh, winning the regular season crown uh, in the Pacific Division, uh, a, a prize that everybody had uh, Vegas penciled in for. Uh, they've got some decisions to make uh, with Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, they certainly have to uh, get uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, signed long-term. He's got another uh, year left. Uh, there's some some uh, question marks around there. Oh, who do you think uh, has the uh, the advantage with the Calgary Flames? Is it just run it back? Is there concern? I don't think the window's closing, although if Gaudreau leaves, then, then that throws a wrench into it. Yeah, I, I think it all depends on Johnny Gaudreau, right? Like, uh, that's a player that can fundamentally change your franchise and the direction that your franchise goes. With Daryl Sutter, I, I don't think that you are ever kind of out of the playoff picture. I think he's just that good of a hockey coach. He's going to maximize what he has available to him. So, um, you know, the the Flames, to me, feel like a team that this was their best shot right now because you had Kachuk on a pretty good deal. You had Johnny Gaudreau in a contract year playing his best hockey. This one feels like a missed opportunity, and I don't feel like the Calgary Flames are going to get back to this level next season. I I don't know if that is signifying that the window is closing or closed, but I I don't think they're going to be as good next year as they were this year. Uh, The Western Conference Final is living up to uh, expectations. They're (laughs) five minutes into the game. It's 1-1, and the teams have Mm -hmm. scored on half their shots. There's four total shots and two goals so far. The only issue is uh, Kane has scored, which we expected Kane and Kadri to have an influence on this series. Uh, Kane has... uh, has uh, certainly uh, been uh, the factor when it comes to goal scoring in this Stanley Cup playoff as a whole. But uh, JT Comfer has uh, replied for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Two goals, five minutes in, and nothing from McKinnon or McDavid. That's my only down part. But but, it's the the goal. If you get out of the winning goaltender in this series, could have a goals against average of over four and still advance to the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. And I'm not joking with that. It's just one of the, you have to you have to change your expectations in this series as a goaltender and get comfortable with you you may have to win games 6-4 every single night for 7 nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you I I want 7 games. Selfishly, I want 7 games and I want 10 goals every single game. Like I'm I'm not kidding. When I say yeah. I want like 100 goals, I'm talking about 70, 80 goals would be a, an absolute dream in this series because you may never, ever get this matchup again. You may never get this collection of talent on the ice. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, end-to-end rushes and uh, credit to the two coaches because they are playing the big boys 
head-to-head to to start this one as uh, they approach uh, the midway mark of the first period. Uh, We are going to take a break. We're going to come back with one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and that story about Jordan Bennington throwing a water bottle at Nazem Kadri during a live television interview. Did it really happen? Naz said he thought somebody threw a water bottle. Well, Jordan Bennington was asked about it and responds and answers full out honestly. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Less fee, we have a silver medal coming home on uh, three Vegas Golden Knight players uh, losing in the championship game of the World Hockey Championships. But congratulations to Nick Waugh, Zach Whitecloud, Logan Thompson, uh, falling in overtime to the host nation Finland at the World Championships yesterday. A power play goal by the Finns in overtime off of a questionable call. Yes, the stick was in there. It wasn't great, but it was a dive. That drew the penalty. Uh, I've seen it before. <laughs> I'll see it again. International officiating is not at the same level of the National Hockey League, and you got to be careful. And that uh, uh, is on uh, Team Canada uh, for taking the penalty. Uh, but uh, what a performance uh, Zach Whitecloud scored to help Team Canada tie it in the late going yesterday as they return home with a silver medal. It, it was like that's a month that you're over there. Good on them for doing that at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about playing hockey, right? Um, you, you're you're pretty emotional about this, though. Like, I've never really seen you complain about a call as much as you are right now. Yeah, it was not so good it was officiating. Cutting deep. It was not good officiating yesterday. I was uh, I, I was rather irate. With, have you seen the the penalty? <laughs> like Dubois' stick is <laughs> no, in there, and it's like a hook, mm-hmm. and then the player falls mm-hmm. down. Like well, that's not even a okay. It didn't even make sense. It should have been offset. And by the way, the World Championships, uh, the overtime uh, is 20 minutes, uh, and you don't play five on five. So uh, that was cool. It was three on three hockey. Uh, then uh, Finland got the the uh, four on three. Uh, man advantage. Uh, we uh, have a good question. Uh, you think uh, that the leading scorer is up for debate in the Colorado Edmonton series when all is said and done? You have three options, McDavid, you have mm-hmm. McKinnon, and you have Drysaddle. Who is it? Yep. Yep. So I I said this morning with the Maroons that it would be Connor McDavid. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding full well that, like, Leon Drysaddle always seems to be right there when it comes to collecting points. Like, even though McDavid has been the driver through the first two rounds, like, those two players are tied in points and we're talking about how historic a run it's been for McDavid, and Dreisaitl is right there. Um, but I, I believe for the Oilers to win this series, it's got to be McDavid. So McDavid's going to end this series as the leading scorer. Uh, that's my belief. And then it'll be Dreisaitl, and then it'll be Nathan McKinnon. Hmm. Uh, I think it will be McDavid, and then Dreisaitl, and McKinnon, because I think... Uh, uh, that's the way it has to go if Edmonton's going to win. That said, 
If I have to be pressured into making a prediction, uh, I'm going to go with the team with the uh, the fresher goaltender, the the younger goaltender, the what I consider the the better goaltender at this point because Mike Smith's never played this much mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, I'll go with uh, Colorado. So I got both uh, bases covered on that front. Uh, the St. Louis Blues <laughs> were victimized by the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche in the last round, and uh, that came largely. Yeah. Uh, in the shadow of Jordan Binnington being knocked out of the postseason with a knee injury after Nazem Kadri collided with him uh, early on in the set. That situation uh, developed into oh, Nazem being on national television and saying that mm-hmm. Jordan Binnington walked by and threw a water bottle at him. We haven't heard from Jordan Binnington yep. to get his side of the story throughout the series until today. And here's what Jordan Bennington had to yeah. say about the accusation that he tossed a water bottle. Uh, I just, I went, uh, I mean, so I went, I went to get my knee checked out mid-game, and uh, I was coming back to the rink. The game just ended. Walking down the hallway, um, couldn't find a recycling bin on my way down the hallway, and, and right before I went, walked into the locker room, I see him kind of doing the interview there, smiling, laughing, and I'm there in a knee brace, limping down the hallway, and just felt like it was a God-given opportunity. Uh, I don't know, I could just stay silent and, and go in the room, or I could say something and, you know, just have him look me in the eye and understand what's going on, something to think about, and I just, yeah, through the, uh, through the water bottle, an empty water bottle. It landed like two feet from him. So it is what it is there. And I mean, but it is what it is. It's hockey and it's a competitive game. So that's it. I love it. What a dork. I love it. It's awesome. It was a little plastic water bottle. It landed two oh, feet from him. That, and it wouldn't have hurt anybody. Duh. And and I, I can see exactly where he's coming from. Uh, he's upset, he's what? frustrated, and what? he sees the God-given opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yep. he takes yep. advantage of it. I, I think it's, what a storyline for us. Some Sometimes, Darren, uh, you, you should just stay silent and walk into the dressing room other than and not make yourself a complete laughing stock, and that's what Jordan Bennington has done in this situation. Uh, what did he accomplish like, legitimately, what did he accomplish? Did he get Nazem Kadri off of his game in that series? Did he rally his team by throwing an empty water bottle like he's a five-year-old child Never. throwing a temper tantrum? What did Jordan Binnington accomplish doing that? A little Nothing. bit of, little bit of self-satisfaction. That's, uh, that's what, uh, what he accomplished. He didn't really? They, self-satisfaction? They, they, the old, you're, you're talking about a guy that won a Stanley Cup, and he's going to get satisfaction, any satisfaction, from throwing and missing, by the way, throwing a water bottle at somebody? Oh, Are I you think kidding me? I think he's I, probably in the back of his mind he's happy that he missed. Like having a water bottle go through and hit Naz uh, on national television as he's being inter- interviewed, that would have been... That would have been a bad look. Okay, no harm, no foul. That'd have been uh, way more embarrassing than this. I'm I'm fine with it uh, in in the grand scheme of things. I think it's a cool 
storyline. Cool. Uh, and, 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 and he didn't shy away from it. Like, he answered the question, <laughs> and, and we get to move on. But I, I think it's funny. It's some gamesmanship. It's uh, a little bit of uh, behind the curtain uh, what happens. And, yeah, I don't well, – yeah. I mean, if he, if he throws, if he throws uh, I don't know, a full can of pop at him <laughs> that, could, that he doesn't mm-hmm. see coming like that or something to that sure. effect – that gets a little dangerous, but a, is, a, a little plastic water bottle, eh. It's funny, so, but it's so not hold on. What, funny. What did he accomplish? Really? I think it's hilarious. Oh, he didn't accomplish I anything. I think he it's didn't, sad. He didn't accomplish anything, but well, I think then, it's... Then why do it? Why would you do it? Because all, all this does, Jordan Bennington and that commentary, all it does is make him look ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I don't, I don't think so. But it'll be interesting if Kadri's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, be, by being mm-hmm. an unrestricted free agent, he's got the opportunity to sign anywhere next year. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder what that would be like if uh, if Jordan picks up the phone and finds out that Nas has signed with the St. Louis Blues. Ooh. Um, they probably restrict water bottles that'd be, in, uh, their, that'd be uh, funny. in their dressing room. Here's one for you that I know would be a big story north of the border. So I'm curious okay. what you think about this in the United States. Uh, the NBA Finals going to start this week. Golden State is in mm-hmm. the Finals. But uh, we saw a picture of uh, the best player in the uh, in the world uh, right now, and he was walking out of a, a golf store after getting supposedly getting his his clubs regripped. Now, mm-hmm. would you like that would erupt if Connor McDavid was walking out of a golf shop uh, with his clubs prior to the Stanley Cup final? Mm-hmm. That would be like, yeah. people would be up in arms like focus. My, uh, uh, is it? What, what, what's your reaction to that? I I mean I don't care. <laughs> like it it doesn't it doesn't so non-story? Like, I think that it, to me it's a non-story because I I don't need I don't need hockey players to be robots. Like I don't need them to not have interests outside of hockey. I don't need them to only focus on the game 24/7 and if they do literally anything else in their normal day-to-day lives, they're not committed or focused or trying to win. I think that that's a ridiculous narrative. I don't really understand it, and I think that's a big part of the reason why hockey players have next to no personality. Yeah, it would, it, I'm not kidding. It would be front page news. Like, what is going on? Why is he not focused? But, but Steph Curry yeah. uh, is is a uh, acclaimed golfer, and uh, I have no. I don't know. He might have been in there hitting the simulator, or uh, or getting the regret. Uh, I don't know. Well, the guys uh, won how many? How many championships? Three, three championships in the last decade. Yeah. Last uh, seven years or so, I think they first they first won in 2015. When you're that good, and you've won that many titles, and you've won the MVPs like Steph Curry has. The guy knows what he's doing. He's relaxed. Oh yeah, I have said, yeah. It's it's I, it's. A I non- don't care what you, he's doing. You, it's you a don't non-story. even have to be that good, though. I'm just talking about perception. You don't, you like, don't even have to be that good. Just, really? Like, no, I I don't think that it matters. Like, no, I I think to, everyone to some does extent stuff does. in their data. I, I disagree. I disagree. If you have a routine, right, where you hit a few golf balls and that's your pregame skate and that's what you do and that's what gets you relaxed and ready to go and ready to play, that is totally fine. 
Like, it is okay to take time away from the rink if it allows you to hit the ice ready to go and ready to play. Hmm. Like, it's a non-story. Love it. That, that's why I asked the question. I was curious about uh, your perspective on it. Uh, Flames' Johnny Gaudreau is an unrestricted free agent. He's talking about how much he loves Calgary, and I love yep. Calgary. It's it's a great city, so I, I'm not uh, shocked by that. But he's also saying uh, one of the reasons why he enjoys it is his neighbors were shoveling his sidewalk or his entryway. They were they were shoveling uh, all year for him, uh, so he didn't have to as a way to try and get him to re-sign with the Calgary Flames. That's pretty cool. Neighbors going to bat for awesome. Like uh, that's that's community, and that's a a a really good situation. If you're Johnny Gaudreau, um, I don't know that that's like going to be enough to prevent him from testing free agency. But you know, like Calgary gets an A for effort, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome that somebody would do that. Like and and he would uh, he would take it as oh they they want me to stay. So I think it's uh, it shows shows a little bit of personality. They lets us in uh, behind the curtain uh, a touch, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think New Jersey and Philadelphia, uh, based on uh, where he grew up, uh, will be big contenders for his services uh, going forward. Uh, and the way he played at times during the Stanley Cup playoffs, I've never seen uh, him better. Like he was uh, McDavid-ish. Uh, on the electricity mm-hmm. front in generating chances. Uh, we'll update you on Game 1 of the Western Conference Final and catching up coming up next, but those are one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. I gotta figure out what the over is on the Oilers and the Avalanche <laughs> for game number one, because it's two one already in the first period. There's a couple of minutes left, and Nathan McKinnon did his thing to score the go-ahead goal for the Avalanche, and the Avalanche have outshot Edmonton since it was one one by a count of twelve to one. It is. Uh, it's been one-sided as the uh, Oilers are trying to withstand the uh, the big push early. Yeah, not doing a, a great job of it. But, you know, Mike wow. Smith is keeping them in the yeah. game. And hopefully for the Edmonton Oilers, they'll uh, they'll find a gear or two or seven in the second period. Chapman, what do you got? All right. Well, you guys did not ask me on my thoughts on who would advance from the conference final. So I decided to use this segment to uh, give you on the, the, the conference finals. And in the East, I'm going to go with Tampa because in large part, I kind of feel like the Rangers are getting it done I don't know, maybe not with smoke and mirrors, but in a bit of a fluky way. I mean, they were probably dead in the water until Sidney Crosby went out of that series. And I think Carolina, maybe they were just a bit overrated. At some point, their luck was going to run out, and they were going to lose a game at, at home because they certainly couldn't find a way to win on the road. So I think Tampa gets through. I'm having a little bit more of a difficult time in the West. My heart tells me Colorado. I'm rooting for Edmonton just because I, I, I want to see McDavid get to a, to a Stanley Cup final. This seems like it's the best opportunity he's had in his career. I'm rooting for them, but my heart just tells me Colorado's a better team. I think they're better in net, and I feel like they're deeper. So I'm going to go with Colorado in that series, but I will be pulling for Edmonton. I I, I really want to see them get through. You pulled a Millard right there. 
Why? You covered every <laughs> every base. Well, I, I I mean I'm pretty pretty certain that the Lightning will beat the Rangers. Uh, the over under is six and a half for tonight <laughs> for Edmonton and Colorado. That's that's lower than I thought. Yeah. Even, even like we we had wilder first periods in the Calgary Edmonton series. Uh, quite honestly, to, mm-hmm. but but two one is sort of like the minimum. Uh, that I would expect the first period to be, and it's not over yet. Uh, but but six and a half—that's uh, I, I was expecting somewhere, I don't know, conservatively seven and a half, eight. That could be a trap. Yeah, you think so? Possibly. Yeah, I I think that's way too high. Um, this this game's got four three written all over it, though. You think six and a half is a is 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 right there? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so. Like I, the the Avalanche are are coming out flying. I, I don't expect them to be as good in the second period. I think things are kind of kind of stabilized. And yeah, as as quick of a start as it was, I, I don't think we're getting six five tonight. Unfortunately. Wow. Like you only have to get to uh, yeah. over over six and a half, and I think that these teams will do that six out of the seven games if they play that. Just with all of the talent that the coaches can well, put out, line after line after exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get, but but yeah. I, I just that's why I thought it would be seven and a half eight uh, because of that. But hey, um, I'm not uh, exactly. Uh, a, a well-known better for somebody that uh, I, 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 don't, I don't do well on my golf bets or my baseball bets or anything like that. So there, there's a reason why uh, I'm probably because I don't know what the heck I'm talking about on that regard. Uh, great show, guys. A lot of fun. Uh, got a lot accomplished uh, today. Looking forward to the Wednesday edition of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas tomorrow.